Thanks for checking out the Revival Tabernacle podcast today. If this is your first time joining us, we want to thank you for tuning in. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope this message encourages you in Christ our Savior. Please enjoy this message from the RT Pulpit. Hey man, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm going to come down off the stage, even though that stage is really, really cool. Um, it's, just, it's just certain things that weren't here when I was here. We didn't do, get to do Youth and Kids Sunday. So I'm a little bitter as I'm, as I'm here. Just, there's a little bit of bitterness there, but uh, I, I'll get over it. It is exciting to be here, though. It's exciting to be here and to be not only with family, but just be in good worship. Uh, I'll tell you, Pastor Devin, and, and we knew this, we, we knew this, that the second you walk out those doors, the worship environment changes from house to house. And so it's been good to be here this morning and worship with you. Um, Open your Bibles with me to uh, the book of Psalm chapter 73. And as you hold it there uh, for a second, I'm just going to tell you, I I believe that the Lord is is really just even confirmed through uh, hearing uh, Josue when he shared this, this morning. There's just something that I feel like on this YK Sunday um, is good. It's a generational word this morning. It's for, for I'm going to talk to our, our youth and children, um, but also I don't want you that are seasoned adults here to, to tune me out. Um, it's been a theme of our worship this morning. We have, we've sang a few songs that will allude to this truth, um, but it's, it's sometimes good to see something in the Bible and know that what you're singing it's not just cool words that Israel or Kirk Franklin or someone else put together. Amen? Amen? Amen. I mean, I, I, if I'm going to come to church and worship, I would want to worship in a way that knowing that what I'm saying has some theological foundation to it, that this could actually stand the test of time. So when we're singing a song, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever, these are not just words that some uh, some some. 20th century or 21st century um, musician wrote, these are actually timeless words. If you turn your Bible to to Psalm chapter 73, just look at verse 1. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation here. Listen to this truth. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose heart is pure. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose heart are pure. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Even thinking of that song that we sang in worship when we're asking your Holy Spirit to dwell with us, it said, let us become more aware of your goodness. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Father, truly we declare in this place this morning that you are good. And we don't just say it because words to a song say it, we say it because we've experienced your goodness, God. And we thank you for, this good, for your goodness. Now, Father, we pray that you would meet us as we talk through and navigate through your word in this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Many, it's, it's, it's interesting being here this morning. I leaned over to Pastor Devin. I said, there are so many faces that I have no idea who they are here, which shows the phenomenal work that God is continuing to do in Revival Tabernacle, which shows the amazing work that God is doing through his people here and to see this church grow, to see new members here, to see new faces here. And some of you are so new that you don't know my, like my history here, but I, Pastor Devin said, I grew up in this church. This, I am a son of this house. 
And in fact, it was very depressing. I don't know if there's any other polar bears that are here in the, in the house this morning, but as I'm riding down Woodward, you see our school is being like brought to rubble. It's, it's depressing. I, I remember when I was in high school and I was going to Highland Park High School, I, I got my call to ministry here in this church. And I remember as a senior in high school, I was coming and doing my co-op hours here at, in the ministry as an intern. And I've held many roles in, in, in this church uh, when I was growing up here. I was a youth worship leader for a while. And then I was even the worship leader here in the main service. Until this six-foot-something-or-another guy one day came into the And I remember one day, like, we, I knew he could sing because I knew, you know, who he was. And, and so one day just asking this guy, you know, I remember we were singing a song. It was the song was Nobody's Greater. Nobody's greater, greater than I got. I mean, it was just, and I was doing a pretty good job leading that song. Um, in fact, I probably was doing a little bit better than Byron Kay, so I thought. So I'm doing a great job leading. And it was one Sunday morning. I think it was a Easter Sunday or the Sunday afterwards. And, and I was in the zone. And, and so if you, if you don't lead worship, you don't sing, here's what in the zone is. In the zone is when you're singing and you see someone else in the audience that sings too, and you kind of high-five them in the air like signal to them, you come and get some of this, is that's what it was saying. And so I remember signaling to him, come up and get some. And so he took the microphone, and I noticed at that moment that my time as a worship leader here was done because your pastor, much like your worship pastor, see, Pastor Devin and Sister Eli, I'm Sister Eli, Sister Lisa, Pastor Devin and Sister Lisa, <laughs> they are literal worshipers. I'm a you-get-the-idea worshiper. Here's what I mean. Come on and clap those hands. Oh, I, I can clap. I can, get, I can even get soulful with my clapping. I mean, I can, I can get into my clapping. But there's a shift when we start singing certain words like, come on and leap for joy. I'm not so much of a leaper, I'm a lifter. You, you got, who, who knows what I'm talking about? I'm, 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 David, he's a leaper. When he started doing, see, see, I have this rule when it comes to singing. Come on and leap for joy. I translate that, come on and lift for joy. So I'll give you a little bit, come on and lift now Pastor Devin will get up there and just start, we sang the song, uh, oh, I feel like dancing, foolishness. And I don't know if you were here, I don't, Pastor Devin may not even remember this because he was just in that place. There was one time he was singing that song, I Can Sing of Your Love Forever. And in the middle of him singing, oh, I feel like, he started slow dancing on the stage with the, I just, there's just certain things I could not do. But there was one song when I was a worship leader that I just loved to sing. It was kind of like, it was my pocket song. Every, every worship leader has that pocket song that like when everything is just, you got that quiet moment, like I'm going to pull this song out. They're going to hear this. And so my song, the song that I, that I love to sing, it just simply said, whom have I in heaven but you? There's nothing on earth I desire beside you. My heart and my strength, many times they fail. But there is one truth that always will prevail. I remember the song. That God is the strength of my heart. God is the strength. How many remember this? Raise your hand. That was, God is the strength of my heart. And you know what? Here's again. Let's look down here. Because it's not just, again, it's not just words that, a song, that, that some singer today wrote. If you look in the same psalm, chapter 73, go down to verse 25. And it simply says this, 
Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail. My spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. And he is mine forever. Beautiful words from the psalmist. And I want to talk to young people today because, listen, Pastor Devin and I will share in this uh, testimony that our lives were spent in church. We grew up in church. That from the moment that I can remember learning my ABCs and, and addition and multiplication, we were also learning how to memorize scripture at a young age. This psalmist says in verse 1, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose heart is pure. These are not recited words. These are not words that he just, that he heard mom and dad say. These are not words that they talked about a lot in church, so he threw out the cliche. Because we say cliches all the time. God is good all the time and all the time. See, we do that. But this isn't one of those moments. This is a man being genuine. He's been being authentic. He's saying, truly God is good. I'm saying this because I know this. To, to, to see a little... Kaylin on the, on the stage and singing, God, my Savior. It's, just, it's so beautiful to hear this precious girl sing that. And even as young people, though, our young people can, can say that they've experienced the goodness of God. I didn't have to become an adult to know that God is good. I grew up in a, in a Christian household, but not everything in my household was Christian. And I would see God saving and, and, and protecting our families from some things that we should have experienced. So I can say as a kid, God is good. Children, you don't have to get into high school, into middle school, into college to be able to say truthfully and through experience that God is good. He's good. And then you fast forward from, the, from this truth all the way to this other truth where he's saying that, listen, even when my heart and my flesh, my strength grow weak, he holds me with his right hand. God is the strength of my heart, and he is my portion forever. What I found, and I was sharing with Pastor Devin this the other day, what I found in God's word, it began to shake the very fabric, Sister Twyman, of my Christian living. See, sometimes we grow up as disciples, and here's what, I, here's what I've come to know we will see altars that are flooded time and time again. And sometimes we see the same people that are coming down to the altar for salvation and they wonder what's going on. We wonder what's going on. And we wonder sometimes why is this, there this revolving door where it seems like time and time again, I'm coming and saying, God, can you help me get rid of this? And in this Psalm where this truth is being laid out, I don't know how old or how young Asaph is as he's writing this, and that to me speaks to the multi-generational truth that lies in this passage. This has probably become one of the most life-giving chapters in the Bible to me. Simply because of this. Psalm 73 and 1 says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose heart are pure. But four words make this more real to me. Verse 2 simply says this, but as for me. 
And I don't know how many people in this church today, maybe you've been a Christian for some years. Maybe you just gave your heart to Christ this week at War Week. It's been a phenomenal week. But there's something that hit me when I begin to read this chapter. He says, truly the Lord is good to Israel, to those whose heart is pure. But as for me, watch this, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping. And this is how bad they were slipping. I was almost gone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my resume. Growing up a church kid, truly the Lord is good. I was the, the guy singing in the choir. I didn't get to do cookie games uh, when I was in children's church growing up. And God forbid if we brought marshmallows in the sanctuary. But thank God we have a, a cooler uh, pastor than mine was when I was growing up. But I could declare the goodness of God as a kid. But it seemed like the older I got, the more this other verse 2 began to kick in. But as for me, my feet were slipping. In other words, as for me, this de declaration that I was making with my mouth that the Lord is good, my feet didn't look like it. My walk didn't look like God was good. And Asaph goes on in the rest of this chapter to begin to talk about why he got there. And in verse 3, he says, it's because I begin to look out at the ungodly and I begin to see how much their life is flourishing. But I'm looking to see what I'm going through. But I begin to think it's deeper than that, Asaph. It's deeper than that. And this morning, I'm going to talk about the, the deep thing. I want to talk to this, this morning about the whispers in the middle. I want to talk not only to our young people, but I want to talk to the adults this morning too. Because listen, my wife and I, we've, we've, over the last few months, we've had the opportunity to go and speak at different youth retreats and youth camps. And you know what I'm beginning to find out? Is that young people who, are, who have grown up even in church are starting to walk away like never before. And they're not walking away because mom and dad weren't serving. Their parents are right there in church with them. They weren't, they weren't all of a sudden walking away because the truth of God wasn't being preached. The truth of God was being preached. But here was the issue. And here comes the issue sometimes with even us as adults. That in the middle of our declaration from God is good and he's a strength of my heart, there are these whispers that lie in the middle. There are these whispers that go unaddressed that lie in the middle. And we don't know what to do about them. And I don't want to be long because to me this is just, it's just as simple as it's explained here. What are these whispers? Look down at verse 13. I'm just going to give you the, the, the two whispers. These, and it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. These whispers will come. The first whisper is this. The first whisper is just it's a waste of time. Look at verse 13. Psalmist says, yeah, I know God is good, but when I'm starting to look around and seeing everything goes on, he asks this question. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? Listen to me close, young people. Listen to me close, children. All of your friends are not going to come to church on a YK Sunday and get on stage and sing in front of adults, sing in front of their peers. Listen to me, teenagers, all of your peers are not going to give up a week to come and serve and pull weeds in the summertime and give their, give their week to serving and representing Christ in a community. 
But listen to me, adults. This is not just a, a children and a youth uh, a truth. We as adults, we deal with these whispers as well. I don't know what your whisper sounds like. Asaph is saying, is this a waste of time for me? Am I doing all of this for nothing? Am I keeping myself pure for nothing? Am I honoring the vows in my marriage for nothing? Am I doing my job with integrity for nothing? Is this a waste of time? Yeah, I know. I said it in the beginning. I, I prefaced my whole statement with, truly God is good. But let me tell you really what's going on in my mind while I'm back here lifting my hands saying, you are good all the time, all the time, you are good. But as for me, I'm on the edge of this thing. As Josue said, I'm walking around right, I'm circling this thing wondering, I made some commitments to God, but was my commitment worth keeping? So first, the first whisper, and here's the thing about whispers, and you, you, you and I both know, whispers are so quiet and they're so personal, they're so subtle. Everybody can't hear you whisper. See, that's sometimes a problem when we come into the sanctuary. We come into the house of God and we're, and we're singing and we have no idea who's singing right next to us and they're struggling through a whisper. And our young people are not being taught today how to deal with whispers. They're not being taught today how to deal with the whisper. Let, let me give you this other whisper. This got me, Pastor Devin. Verse 15 says, if I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. If I, Brother Errol, if I came into church, and I'm a pastor, I'm planting a church, I go to seminary. If I told someone, Pastor Devin, that right now, my feet are kind of slipping because it feels like everything is going good for everybody else, but it's a struggle for me every day. What would, what would they think of me? What would they think of me, Sister Stella, if I came out and said, you know what? I don't know if I'm really going to make it in this disciple walk that, I've, that I'm called to walk in. There's sometimes we would sit in a church service and hear the, the message of God going forth and know that God is calling us out of our seat to respond, but we don't respond because I thought the whisper says, if you go down for that altar call, do you know what they're going to think about you? Pastor Devin is, is calling for people to come forward for deliverance. Are you out of your mind to get out of your seat and go down there for deliverance? It's that whisper that's in the middle of your declaration of how good God is and he's the strength of your heart. But there's this whisper and the whisper is so personal. The whisper is so private. And here's the thing about our generation right now. We have young people that are struggling to answer questions because these whispers are there. If you look in verse 16, Asaph even says, I tried to figure this thing out. And the problem right now with our generation is not that we don't have enough cool lights in the sanctuary. It's not that our songs in the sanctuary are not cool enough. It's not because our pastors are not dressing hip enough. It's because the, this generation is being bombarded with whispering questions and they don't know how to answer them. They don't know what to do about it. I'm standing in front, of, in front of young people and we're preaching in front of young people that are sitting here that have been born and raised in church and they're struggling to understand their sexual identity right now. 
Because the whispers are so real. The whispers are real. But it's not just them. It's not just them. I'm watching marriages fall apart because of whispers. I'm watching people lose their jobs because of whispers. I'm watching families fall apart because Satan is constantly whispering. He's whispering. And the thing is, no one knows what to do about the whisper. And this is a timeless situation. It goes all the way back to a beautiful garden where the the setting is perfect. It's a perfect picture. There's love in the air. There's communion with God that's uninterrupted, Pastor Devin. There's communion with God that's not, that's not interrupted and it's not eclipsed by media. It's not eclipsed by the secularization of the world. It's a perfect world. And yet here comes Satan stepping into a perfect thing and whispering and asking a question. Did God really say? Did he really say this? And the church... Listen to me. The church is dying because Satan never stopped whispering. Satan never stopped whispering. And this fear hit me the other day. Please don't get me wrong. I'm a a very safe parent. My sons, my oldest sons are 16 and 14. This year they just got their first iPhones. Do you want to know what kind of parental control I got going on right now? See, and I know they're here, and if they embarrass them, I'm okay. It's, it's, it's all good. I gave my sons a phone. I said, we're not doing social media. Here's a phone for you. Just, you make a phone call. Someone wants to tag you, they can hashtag your phone number and call you and talk to you. But after a while, I thought, you know, we went out of town. They met friends from other states and stuff. You know what? You should be connected with your friends and stuff in in social media. Get get, get on Instagram. See, what they don't know, and now I'm I'm spoiling it. I'm spoiling it now, Jay. They they, they know this now. But it's okay. When I set up their Instagram, see, Instagram did something just recently, Pastor Devin. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Back in the day, you could only have one Instagram account on your phone. But then I went on my phone and said, you know, AJ, you can get, get an Instagram account. Here's your password. And I went on ahead and put that Instagram account on my phone. See the same thing for, my, for Isaiah. Isaiah, here, Instagram yourself. And then Instagram on my phone. So they had no idea as they're hashtagging this and liking their friends this and having. And oh, then Isaiah got into a whole conversation with his friends. And I'm upstairs in my room looking at the conversation. I mean, it was a good I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I mean, they were just laughing about camp and camp was fun. And, and I was, but you know what? I, I'm just looking. Okay. Hey, uh, Isaiah. Tell them if they want to keep texting you, they can call you. We don't have conversations on social media. Because I'm a protective parent. I know everybody's passwords. I know everyone's account. And I have things in place to know every click that you made when you were on that computer. Here's a conviction that hit me, though. As parents, we are more concerned about the safety of our kids and internet we're quick to make sure they got seat belts buckled when they get in, in the car. We want to make sure that they're dressing right and all this stuff. But I'm going to ask you a question, and, and please don't take this offensively because I'm asking myself the same question. What have you done for your children about the whispers? 
You've prepared your children from, for everything else in life. My sons can cook food. They can iron clothes. They can wash clothes. They can edit videos. They can probably preach a sermon because we have good devotions at our house. But the question is, can my sons deal with the whispers that they're going to face? But just a second, because here, here's the reality. Sister Twyman, I have to ask myself this. I had to ask myself, do I even know how to deal with the whispers? And see, this is the thing with us as, as, as parents, as leaders. We pour so much, we invest so much into giving them what we know. And what we don't know, we leave to the church. We expect Pastor Justin to deal with what the whispers are. That's not scripture. God forbid my son go out of this church. AJ is licensed to drive now. Help us, Jesus. And I have a Yukon XL. Help us, Jesus and Holy Ghost. God forbid that something happened to that young man and he get hit by a car and find out his seatbelt was buckled. His license was intact. He did everything right, but he left this earth with questions and whispers that he could never address. What, what's, what's the greater thing that we should be taking attention to? What is the greater thing that we should be taking attention to? See, we think it's good that our kids can sing. And, and listen, I'm not minimizing anything that went on in this place today. Please hear my heart. We, we can stand up and champion because our kids stood up on this stage and sang, but here's the reality in Scripture. In between truth, in the middle of whatever declaration that they make, there's still a whisper that's going on that says, are you keeping yourself pure for nothing? Your daughters are, in, are entertaining whispers that says, who says you need to wait till you're married to, be avert, to, 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 to have sex? That's the whisper that they're going through. As their friends are having multiple boyfriends and girlfriends and their friends are, are laying up with it, then they have to look, and they're looking and it seems like their friends are happy, but they're not, and they're wondering, well, is it necessary then for me to walk in purity? I know, I know God is good, but look at them. Look at them. And then they come to church and they're scared to open their mouth and say, Pastor Devin, I got some whispers. Pastor Justin, I got whispers. As for me, my feet were slipping. I, I told Pastor Devin this the other day. We, we met a couple weeks ago for lunch and I was sitting down and I said, Pastor Devin, there was some time ago that I was going through such a spiritual battle, just struggle of just walking in godliness. That the man of God I knew that he had called me to be, if you looked at my life, I did not look like pastor, son of God, disciple, church planter, any of that. I just, I was just going through this, this and I said, Pastor Devin, I remember in that season, I was literally, I would spend nights crying, wishing that there was someone I could just talk to and say, man, do you know what's going on in my head? This, this is crazy. You know what's going on? Look, Don, I don't know if we have this on the screen, but verse 22 says this. He says, I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed to you like a senseless animal. Has anybody ever been there before where, where as much as you're declaring that God is good, you start looking at your life and saying, God, I must look like an animal to you. 
that you can come in church and try to lift your hands and worship, and the whole time you're like, oh, God, you don't want to see me right now. Because these whispers, when they're gone unaddressed, they lead to a life of foolishness. They lead to a life of just complete foolishness. When you start looking after a while, because you haven't done anything about the whispers. Young people, listen to me close. If there's, if there's these whispers of doubt, these whispers of questioning God that, that go on in your mind and you don't do anything to address them, you will look after a few weeks, after a few months, a few years will go by and you'll look back and say, what the heck was I thinking? That ain't me. I can't do this. Because the, when the whisper goes unaddressed, foolishness kicks in. Worship team can come. I'm not uh, coming this morning just to tell you a bunch of, yeah, in the middle of your worship, there's whispers. So if we just left out of the sanctuary then, then, then how much better are we? No, we, 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 ha- we have to land somewhere. We have to land somewhere. Asaph takes one verse to talk about the goodness of God. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose heart is pure. And then he just goes off on a tangent. But for me, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Because every time I wake up in the morning, it's like troubles every day. But I look out, look at the unsaved. Man, they're doing good. They don't worry about nothing. They talk about God all the time. Where is? I mean, he's going on and on and on and on for For 15 verses, he's just going back and forth. But then here's where he lands in in verse 17. He says, but I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. What's so good about the sanctuary? Just these three simple things I thought were just good about the sanctuary. See, we, we come into the sanctuary and we find saints that are going to revive us. There are saints that are going to be there just to get lifted. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I haven't seen you in such a long Just to encourage us. Hebrews 10 tells us that we're supposed to do this regularly. We're supposed to encourage each other daily. We find saints that are going to revive us. And we, we sing songs that are going to refresh us. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you for who you are. You are good. It's these songs that we sing when our songs are rooted and grounded in the Holy Scriptures. It's, it, it makes what we're singing all the more powerful. We're going to find saints. We're going to sing songs. But most of all, we're going to be reminded by the Scripture. Truly, he is good. Truly, he is good. If you're in this place and you've been battling and you've been dealing with these whispers, I don't care if you're five, I don't care if you're 50, and you've been dealing with whispers, you've been in the middle of worship and you've been hearing those subtle words, this ain't ain't worth it. It ain't worth getting up and coming here on Sunday morning. It ain't worth reading your Bible. It ain't worth trying to be a witness. Look, everybody else at your job is unsaved anyways. Let me just tell you, tell you this, I, and, I, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to put both of them on the spot. Let me just tell you something about your pastor. Amazing testimony. Amazing testimony. God has called Pastor Devin out of the corporate world 
And in some of those places, our worlds, our, our worlds intersected. And one of those worlds that he was in, he had a prominent job there, so he was around some of the management and, and, and whatnot. And it's just so funny sometimes that being there, and, I, and I've had to be around that his old former place of employment this past week, and it's just sometimes hearing the, the, the words that come out of pe the people's mouths, it's just, it's just all the vulgarities and everything. It's just, it's just a place that's just not like his office now. It's, his office environment is a lot different, I hope, Pastor Eli. <laughs> but you know what's funny? And, and, and it was a stressful job that he had. But his testimonies there was that even in the middle of, in the midst of his stress, he represented God. And I'm pretty sure there are moments where Pastor Devin could want to just flip over a table and, just, and, and, and use all kinds of colorful words to tell people how he felt that day. But I remember one of the, one of the managers there, there now said, yeah, we miss Devin. Yeah, you know what, he was, you know, he was really into his religious thing, but it, like he just, he, we never phased him. Like he just, he was always, you know, you know, people don't know how to even describe to say he was really representing God, but they were like, he was really into the religious thing, you know. And even Pastor Devin had, had the testimony where one of them is going through a stressful time of their own, calls him up and says, hey, can you pray with me? He's been gone for years from this, from this company. But why? It's because the, the whisper's been being addressed. Stand to your feet with me in this place, if you would. I don't, I don't know what the enemy may be whispering in your voice, in your ear this morning. I want to give you one, one last passage of Scripture that's, that's beautiful for me to read. I don't know if you're in this place and you ever felt like that. As for me... My feet were slipping, and I almost lost my footing. I felt like that on occasion. Since the time I've been in places, I've, been, I've had seasons of my life where I was totally disgusted at who, I, who I, I had become. And I would literally just say to myself, I cannot believe, I'm losing myself. And as I was reading through the Psalms, and I was reading through this Psalm, and I'm reading more, and I'm reading on and on and on, I'm reminded of another song that we used to sing in worship. And it simply says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the Lord which made heaven and earth. And this is what Psalms 121 says. He says, he would not suffer thy foot Thy foot to be moved, the Lord that keepeth thee. Come on, if you know it, sing it. He would not slumber nor sleep, for the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade. Upon thy right hand, upon thy right hand, no. Shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. He shall preserve thy soul, even forevermore. And then this is what it simply says. It says, my hell. His truth says, my hell. 
you're in this place today and your feet feel like they're slipping. You feel like you're losing your walk. Can I encourage you this, this morning that Psalms 121 says, he will not let your feet slip. In fact, Psalm 66 says, not only will he not let your feet slip, but he'll let you go through some things. He'll let some enormous weights be on your shoulder, but at the end of it, he's going to perfect you. He's going to refine you. Or as James says, if you let patience have its perfect work. And I want to pray with you this morning. That some of you this morning, I don't know who you are, but you may be stuck in the middle of truth and declaration. You may be stuck in the middle between God is good and he's my portion. If you're here in this place, as the worship team begins to just lead us in song, can you just join me at this, at this altar? And if, I don't, I don't care how old, you could be five, you could be 50, but you're saying, you know what? There's been some whispers that I need to deal with. I want to pray with you this morning that God will begin to silence the voice. That, that, that after today, we, we're going to be able to say, after this morning, we're going to be able to say, you know what? No, God, my heart may fail me. My strength may fail me, but God, you are my strength. You are my portion forever. Father, we thank you right now, God. We thank you for your truth, God. We thank you that you are good, Lord. You're good in verse 1. You're good in verse 1 when our hearts are pure. But you're good in verse 2 when our feet feel like they're slipping. God, you're good in verse 3 when we're looking around at the world and we're seeing everything that's going on around us. Lord, you're good in verse 13 when the whisper comes and says, you, you shouldn't keep this up. You're good in verse 15, God, when we're, when we're struggling and feeling like we're in this thing all alone. Father, we thank you for the truth that's in your word. God, that even when our feet feel like we're slipping, God, your word says that you will not allow this to happen. God, you hold us with your right hand. Now, Father, those that are here this morning, God, that those that, are, that have come this morning with whispers, God, those that have come this morning, God, that, that have been, that have been in, even, even in the midst of worship, God, the enemy has been speaking softly in their ear. God, would you remind them, Lord, to, that to answer this, to answer, Lord God, these whispers to find themselves in the sanctuary, God. Father, we thank you, God, that our help does come from you, Jesus. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.